Welcome to the Rise Up Fitness Podcast, broadcast from sunny Santa Barbara, California. We're here to go back to the facts, educate you in health and fitness, and help you rise up to your full potential. Welcome to the Rise Up Fitness Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Kyle Visson. Ooh, we're hosts now. I'm oh. your other host, Addie Clark, and one of the owners of Rise Up Fitness. And we're excited to get back on this podcast today. I'm sorry we were absent for a little while. Um, the main reason was is our podcast studio that we were using was actually uh, they kind of shut that down, and we didn't have that as a resource anymore. So they didn't kind of shut it down. They did shut it. They down. They did shut it down. So we're on our own it's now. No longer there. We're podcasting. If the audio is not quite as good as it was, we apologize. But we're gonna do our best to dial that in in the next couple episodes. You can blame our sound engineer, Kyle Visson. Yeah, I'm not a sound engineer, but I'll do my best to at least get the, you know, whatever, get the message out. Okay. So anyway, we're back in business. Back in business. Um, on this podcast, we're excited to have Amanda Fit. So she's a nutritionist extraordinaire who's going to help us break down what you need to do to optimize your health through sustainable and you know delicious, simple nutritional choices. That's what's a huge topic in our society, a huge topic that's really important to all of us. So we're excited to have you. So welcome, Amanda. Hello. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Amanda, you may know her from Power of Your Own Yoga here in Santa Barbara. She is a fabulous, fabulous yoga teacher. Um, she is also a certified health coach, and that's why we want to chat to her today to kind of pick her brain about um, some of the nutritional choices that will make your life the best as we're coming up on our next Simple 30 Challenge, and we want to talk to an expert. She's also a sweetheart and generally one of my favorite people in Santa Barbara. So. Right. So part of Rise Up is we want to reach out to the community at large, the health and fitness community that um, you know extends far beyond Rise Up and goes into a lot of other aspects. So that's why we asked Amanda to be here today and we're excited to have you, Amanda. So thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Um, so you know what? Let's just kind of dive right in here. Um, I think the best place to start would maybe be to get a little background on you and you know what you did and you know you know for instance you know what did you how did you grow up? What was your background? What's your history? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I grew up always being pretty active physically. I did taekwondo for seven years. It's kind of so fun cool. Fact. Yeah, it was awesome. Then I did dance for a number of years. So hey, hey. Woo, woo. physical fitness was always kind of there for me. Um, the eating, not so much. I was a super picky eater growing up. My diet consisted of uh, lots of Kraft mac and cheese. I mean, it's really good. <laughs> it really is. You can survive off of it for the first 18 years of life, pretty easy. <laughs> uh, chicken tender, you know, all the things. But really, I just hated the taste of vegetables and all healthy foods in general. My mom will tell you this wonderful story of me trying to eat a salad. I would take these croutons and take a little piece of lettuce, dunk the whole thing in ranch dressing, and try to suck it down. So, nice. <laughs> yeah. That sounds good. 17 so ounces bad. of ranch and one leaf of lettuce or one little piece. Winning, yeah. Cool. Then, like, moving on to college, um, I first kind of started to delve into the fitness industry when I worked as a front desk attendant at a 24-hour fitness my first year of college. So that was, where'd you go to school? Uh, first year, Sac State. Okay. Yep. So I didn't move too far away from home. I grew up in Napa. Um, and so, yeah, I got some, like, really cheap personal training there because I worked there. And so I recall working with the trainer and her giving me like my first diet essentially and 
vegetables were on there. And I was like, wow, okay, you're like, like, I'm going right. to do this. I like, have to get into it. Yeah. So I was like going down to the communal kitchen in my dorm room, trying to boil broccoli and like brown rice and chicken and and I'm yeah. sure you knew how to cook, you know, awesome at that point. It was all seasoned per- to perfection. Super seasoned. Everything. Of course. Yeah. I doused it in A1 dressing, if I recall, to try to <laughs> it down. Well, to be fair, my d- diet in college was pretty much, I think I took a picture of my, like, daily diet. It was, like, Cocoa Puffs, Marshmallow Fluff, a jar of peanut butter, and some multivitamins. Yes. So I covered all the bases, too, really. Yeah. All the bases. So that was kind of my first introduction into the health and wellness world. And I saw a lot of, let's say, results um, when I started to eat healthy. And then I just kind of caught the bug. I was like, whoa, okay, what's going on here? How can I take this a little bit further? Nice. So, and then you, um, at some point, transferred to UCSB, right? So you ended up there. And what were you studying at UCSB? I ended up with my degree in chemistry. Okay. So hard. Yeah. Yeah, It's so awesome that you did that. I did only, only intro chemistry courses. I did one organic chemistry course and it almost killed me. So I'm very impressed. Thanks. It was hard, but I've always been fascinated with science and how it affects our bodies. Um, I took a bunch of biochem classes just as electives for my major, and it was so fascinating, like learning how the stuff that you're reading about and talking about is actually happening in your body. It's awesome. So cool. That's cool. So from there, were you, did you think you were going to kind of project into the health and fitness world or were you more thinking you were going to, you know, be a chemist or a biochemist or what was your plan in college? I was a little unsure for a while. Um, and then I started to get into yoga. And so I did my first yoga teacher training in 2016 here in town and kind of opened up the world of holistic wellness. And so I was like, okay, where are we going with this? I want to know more about this. And by the time I graduated, I found the Institute for Integrative Nutrition where I did a year-long certification course with them to become a a certified health coach. So that was... So basically, you got certified as a yoga instructor and then as through the Institute of uh, Integrative Nutrition after that, or was it the same time? Correct, afterwards. So was was the yoga kind of... I mean, for me, I, I felt like learning how to work out was kind of step number one, and then I also sort of went towards nutritionist step number two. Did you find that those two things kind of led into each other? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's like I had the desire in the background and once you start kind of diving into, at least for me, the yoga and the physical movement and um, just more of like the holistic side of things, if you will, kind of total body integration, that's really where I started to be like, okay, you know, how can I fit all of this in, into my own wellness philosophy? Awesome. So then you become a certified health coach. So then how did you use that to kind of transform what you, I mean, were you already really focused on nutrition in your life or is that something that was kind of a process as you're moving through and getting certified or kind of lead us on your journey of from nutrition, maybe like, you know, being like eating Kraft mac and cheese to, okay, there's vegetables in the world to like really kind of overhauling what you do on a daily basis. Take us on a journey. Take us on a journey. <laughs> the journey to health. Yeah. Well, it is a journey. I mean, it's always changing. I'm still adjusting always as I go. Um, but for a while it was, it started out with me trying to seek like the ultimate diet. You know, I'm reading all the books, I'm trying, you know, paleo plant-based and like looking for the answer and, you know, constantly refining and trying on new things and failing and having things work. And then when I started to do my studies with the Institute, um, I, I really, kind of went back towards simplicity and kind of 
finding wellness and health through whole foods. And that took a lot of experimentation. Mm -hmm. That definitely sounds familiar for what I would say that we have arrived at, you know, the destination we have arrived at, wow, words are hard. (laughs) The destination at which we have arrived for nutrition as well. I mean, our whole program is called Simple 30 because we kind of also have, you know, had a lot of experience with and people ask us questions and we do research all the time on all these different, you know, there are so many different, you know, diet strategies or health strategies or food strategies out there. Um, And we found our way back to kind of the basics too is Mm -hmm. something that's, that seems to be, you know, for lack of a better term, the magic pill is actually, it's kind of been there all along, you know, the way that sort of nature has presented it to us. Right. So, I mean, let's, so let's break it down. So now you've kind of been certified health coach. So um, what does it really mean to be like kind of a holistic health coach? And, um, you know, what are the main principles that you kind of, I know you said, you know, you've tried all the different kinds of diets and fads and I'd love to like to dive into that in a minute, but you know, reaching out is, is what, what does it mean to be a holistic health coach and what, what are you, what do you believe the principles that are the most important are? So a health coach really empowers clients to take charge and action of their own health. Um, And that can look like, you know, working with someone on weight management, stress management, energy, sleep, uh, you know, how to grocery shop, the list goes on and on and on. And something that I love about the role of a health coach and how they fit into the role of, um, what is word that I'm looking for? Just the health world and healthcare system, um, is they really bridge the gap between physicians, registered dietitians, you know, the healthcare system and patients. Okay. Right. Um, How do you go from, you know, your doctor says you probably need to be eating more healthfully or you have chronic stress or, you know, whatever things need to change to better your life. And you go, okay, they told me to do this. How the heck do I actually make this happen in my life? And unfortunately, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I just, I think that's great because I think there's a lot of stuff is like, you're going to see, I mean, how, how, when we talk to a doctor, how long are we in there for five minutes? Oh, you have high cholesterol. Oh, you're a little bit overweight. You need to change up your diet. You know, here, here's what you need to do. And you're like, okay. And you walk out of there no better off than when you, you know, Mm -hmm. enter it. So I love how you're kind of bridging those two things. And then um, so maybe tell us a little bit about that. I mean, I, I just love that, you know, obviously you have a background in chemistry, um, and, a, you know, BA from, you know, UCSB. So, you, you know, you have the science background and kind of the holistic background. How do you use that to kind of bridge that gap? Yeah. Well, kind of just backing up your point to, you know, we go to the doctor a lot of the times when we're sick, right. what we really mm-hmm. have is a disease and sick care system rather than a preventative system. So right. that is, you know, as my role, I'm kind of trying to swing the pendulum back over to the preventative side of things. Like how can you, you know, prevent age related diseases and chronic right. illnesses and obesity and all the things. Um, so, you know, either working with clients one-on-one or in group settings, we're setting goals, you know, we're assessing the person right where they're at, at that moment, mm-hmm. I'm meeting them where they're at, you know, at any level, you know, on their journey. Right. Um, and that may be very different from someone who just, you know, literally just eats fast food every day to someone who's like, I eat pretty well, but I might want to optimize my performance as an elite athlete. You know, it's a huge different spectrum. Maybe. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, we're working on small achievable goals to create an overlasting lifelong change. You know, this isn't like, I'm not working with someone on a fad diet. Yeah. Weight management, weight management and potentially weight loss is a product of, you know, what we're doing and whatnot. And that might be one of your goals, but overall you're wanting to make lifelong changes that are going to propel you into the future to being, you know, the best, most awesome version of yourself possible in all areas of your life. And I'm so glad to hear that because that really is, I feel like that's 
one of the things, well, that's the, pretty much the main tenet of what we've tried to do here at Rise Up, not just with Simple 30, but with the whole thing, right? It's not about, you, you realize you need to make, you know, a lifelong change. You can't look at that as like, okay, today is my lifelong change. Like you have to take it one step at a time, right? It's like coming to one workout, going to one yoga class and then saying, okay, we're going to do it three times a week for a month. That's what we're going to do. And then we're going to, you know, break it down further and further. I think that's such a, an important way to look at it because it can be so overwhelming to, to know, oh my gosh, you know, I want to make a change. How do I do that? You know, well, and then, to have somebody guiding you through that right. is really special. And then the preventive side too is, is a huge thing, I think, because a lot of how we look at it is people look like, oh, I gained 10 pounds, 5, 10 pounds over the holidays. I need to take it off where it's this retroactive thing. Like I abuse my body and then I'm going to get back to standard rather than looking forward and taking care yeah. of yourself now for the future. I mean, that's most people don't think that way when it comes to health and nutrition. Like what am I doing now that's going to make me healthy long-term? Down Absolutely. And so I can enjoy yeah. my life, you know, yeah. too. It's not, you know, one of the things I think that you've probably heard of, and I'd love to hear this too, is, you know, the reasons that drive people to make changes. And I think some of the best ones that, that really help people continue are the preventative ones in terms of, you know, um, conditions and things that arise as, as a result of not taking care of yourself. You know, later in life, you won't be as happy or healthy or as able to enjoy your life throughout, you know, towards the end. Obviously when we're young, we can take a lot more abuse, so to speak, sure. whether it's, yeah. you know, bad food or whatever. Yeah. Um, but to be able to prevent it and say, yeah, well, when I'm 65, 75, 85, I'm going to be still traveling the world or I'm going to be hanging out with my grandkids and I want to have that life. Or some of the responses that I like too are just like, well, why are you doing this? Why are you, you know, revamping your life? Like what made you successful? And it's like as simple as like, I want to be a good role model for my children. Like that's mm -hmm. so much more powerful than I want to lose 10 pounds, right? Oh, absolutely. Like I want to be a role model for my children. It's a huge huge thing that you can look at and forward and this is why I'm doing this it goes far beyond and those pounds will come off obviously if you take care of your body and that and they need and if if they're there to come off they will but that's not what necessarily you're focusing on so all right so we have okay moving on to our next question yeah go ahead. um um we know the media and like the supplement industry and you mentioned this when you were doing your initial research they they have so um many ways and many um fads and things that they create and label diets all these things Mostly to sell stuff, I would say, obviously. But, you know, what are your thoughts on, like, labeling the way you eat? You say, I'm doing low-fat, I'm doing Atkins, South Beach, Paleo, Keto, etc. Like, what are your thoughts on labeling diets, putting a name on diets and nutrition? Um, for me, personally, I don't love labels. Um, you, know, I th you know, for people who decide to eat a certain way for whatever reason and they feel empowered to call themselves that, like, that's amazing. More power to you. But the only thing that I have with um, calling yourself something is you're kind of living up to these external rules set up. So say you're eating a plant-based diet, and if you're eating plant-based, you shouldn't eat dairy and animal products and, you know, all these things. And if you fail to meet those things and you're a failure, you, you know, you didn't mm -hmm. do the thing that you said you were going to do. And, you know, whether the diet's working for you or not, it, it doesn't matter because you failed. There's this like mm -hmm. overwhelming sense of that. And what I want to teach more people how to do is turn away from the external cues of what people are telling you to do and move into more of like what your body is telling to do. You know, mm -hmm. 
um, intuitive eating, listening to what's working, to what's not working. And that's really hard to do if you're just trying to adhere to a strict set of rules. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and not so, that any one thing is wrong or bad, you know, but it's just, it's hard to live up to that. Right. So, I mean, what we haven't mentioned too is, is that you kind of found your new, you know, nutrition. So, Purely Nourished is your company that mm-hmm. you started basically is to do exactly what you're talking about, is to help people you know, basically, like you said, one-on-one or small group settings to help people understand how to eat correctly and how to do this, right? Um, And if you want, maybe that's a good time to plug it. So if people are more interested in more information about you, I think your website is... Yeah, absolutely. Um, You can find me at www.purelynourishednutrition.com. I also have an Instagram. It's at purely underscore nourished. It always makes me hungry to look at your Instagram. I know, you put up really beautiful (laughs) things. yeah, go ahead, oh. sir. Oh, I was just going to say, so um, the intuitive eating, I would really love to hear what you call intuitive eating because I've, I love the idea of it when I've heard it, like, you know, what's working for your body and stuff. But I've also heard people be like, well, my body intuitively told me to eat McDonald's for dinner last <laughs> right. night or the night before. Can so you let's, tell us a little bit more about totally. what that Why don't you pretend Addie and I are your typical clients, okay? So we sure. come to you. We don't have great diets, but yeah. it's not the worst thing in the world. We just standard, just typical. Really love cake. Maybe eat cake. Addie eats cake yeah. all the time. I, yeah, I well, let's Love take the sweet thing, right? Let's say cake. So, okay. Addie, you're a craving cake, yeah. right? All the and time. Actually, all the time. We speak. All the time. <laughs> which is totally fine every once in a while, right? Like, <laughs> I eat all the cake. But what I would tell you to do is like, okay, Addie, you're having this craving. Cake. Great. Sit for it. Like, sit with that craving for a little bit. Maybe have a little bit of water. Like, hang out for an hour. And if you're like, wow. I still want that piece of cake. Great, (laughs) then have it. And like, notice how you feel afterwards too. And it's just starting to look and notice before and after. And then, you know, the next time it comes around, say you're craving a cake again and you sit with it, you're like, actually, you know, like, I'm just really tired. Like, I just need a nap. And it's like, oh, ding, ding. Like, maybe there's something else going on here. And, you know, maybe we're delving into a little bit more of the woo-woo side of nutrition. But that's why, like, this holistic idea is so important to me because everyone's different. And, you know, learning to kind of tune into that is really an art form. It takes time. And, like, it's not always exact, but you'll start to connect the dots eventually. Well, it's Right, so you, it's like, yeah, I'm sorry. That's okay. It's so funny that you say that, too, because I think a lot of the times is our what we eat is not is based on more like our feelings and not necessarily like oh we really want that you know so it's like i mean i can just remember these ski days like normally i'd get up i'd have as a high schooler or whatever college have a normal breakfast and you know eat some eggs and toast or whatever it wasn't i didn't have a great diet but it wasn't horrible but i remember like oh the mornings i'd get up to go surfing super early because it was like dawn right all of a sudden you find yourself at a gas station right and you've got like a you know 18 out or 32 ounce gatorade in one hand and then you go get you know across the street to carl's jr and you're getting like an egg you know muffin style thing and it's because you know you're a little bit out of your system right you were up late you're you know woke up early to go drive and go surfing it's like i wouldn't eat that on a normal morning but it's not necessarily because i was craving a 32 ounce gatorade it was just because i was tired i'm trying to wake myself up and out of my element so that's interesting that you say that sure yeah i think the other thing that i love that you said is like it's it takes it away because i think what i was trying to form in my head and you put your finger on it is not using the whole idea of intuitive eating and listening to your body as an excuse to eat stuff that's you know probably isn't good for you but using it as a way to actually examine why you're eating something why because i i mean as somebody we'll go with the cake because i do love cake um sometimes there are i've I've definitely noticed times where i'm like yeah you know what i just really really 
wanted really good cake and I love to make it too. So for me, it's like, you know, if, if somebody's birthday party and I brought a cake and it was really good and we all had a piece and I felt great and it felt guilty and it felt upset. It was a celebration and it was wonderful. And I've also had times where like, I don't know, you don't, you're not feeling well, right? Or you're, I don't know, you're on your period or whatever. And you're like, I really want this thing. I really want this thing. And then you eat it. And afterwards you're like, I didn't think I actually really wanted that thing. <laughs> And it's not being mad, but it is, it's noticing like, okay, you know, sometimes maybe it is whatever that bad thing is like, and I'm doing air quotes, which you can't see, but (laughs) because I don't think that in the context where you really wanted it and it was a celebration or whatever, it's not bad then. Right. But then when it's like, oh, I'm, you know, hangry in the afternoon, I'm going to have three cookies and a piece of cake because that's what I think I want. Then you're kind of like, Oh, it didn't make me feel good. Yeah. It didn't make me feel like that was fulfilling a need that I actually had. Yeah, so so we're like your clients that. and you're like working with us or whatever. Cause we hear this all the time. You know, it's like, it's like a justification. You know, we hear it like for an example, why I didn't show up to work out. Oh, I was, I was up late with the kids last night, you know, and then there's people that will show up at their, the only time they can get to work out is five forty-five a.m. and they're going to show up whether they were up eight times last night or not at all. And then there's some people that just don't show up, and the people that don't show up, you know, they're not as consistent. They don't see as many results. And people use this a lot in nutrition. I find is is, is it's just like it's they use it as an excuse. Well, life's balance. Well, life's balance, right? It's all about you know eating healthy and then doing this. And I just you know I'm wondering what you see and if you see that because obviously we don't see the success and the results and the people that just kind of have that life is a balanced mentality. And it doesn't mean there isn't room for cake. It doesn't mean there isn't room to celebrate. It doesn't mean there isn't room for alcohol to on a celebration, whatever. But how do you kind of, how would you deal with that with a client who just thinks like, well, I want balance in my life and I want to be healthy and feel good and have energy and lose weight and you know, that type of thing. Yeah. I mean, I think it boils down to your, your goals too, you know, and some people like you as a, as a health coach, like I am there to facilitate and to help, you know, guide someone, but really they're the ones doing the work. And so, you know, I can provide the suggestions, whatnot, but if you know what they're doing, so say these balance excuses and whatnot, aren't letting them achieve their goals. It's like, okay, well, let's take a look at that. Like where else do we need to adjust? Like, what do we need to, you know, move around a little bit to help you achieve your goals? Because at the end of the day, it's, you know, if someone wants to think, if they're not ready to change, they're not going to change, Mm -hmm. you know, and in order to see a new result or, you know, you got to do something different. Right. So how do you work? So when you work with people, if someone says, Hey, look, I need some help. Like I need to clean up. Like what, how would you start? Um, you know, do you, I mean, obviously you said you don't like to label diets, so it's not like, Hey, we're going to put you on a paleo diet or whatever. Um, I'm guessing you're not a huge fan of counting calories or just, you know, measuring all your days, but how, what would you do? Was it, would it be like a meal plan adjustment? Would you talk to the person? I mean, like run me through kind of a general, like yeah. real world situation. Well, it totally depends on where they're at to start. Um, okay. but I always kind of start with, you know, integrating some of the main things that I want to see. So shifting their diet towards more whole foods. So fruits, veggies, whole grains, things that things that aren't coming out of a package, um, reducing added sugar, you know, eating more green leafy vegetables, less caffeine, less alcohol, and just like starting with the baseline and seeing how they react, seeing what they can do with, you know, maybe tackling two or three things at a time over a week or two week period. And then we kind of go from there. It's, you know, it's really simple. That's the thing. It's always falling back on 
the simple basics. And yeah. I almost feel silly sometimes, like prescribing these things to people. But then they're like, holy shit. Yeah. You know, like I ate spinach three times this week. And because I added in more leafy green vegetables, it actually made me drink less coffee or, you know, drink less coffee. Some other- I know, I know. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah, it's Don't just amazing. Yeah. No, I mean, that's a, it's a very interesting and really good point. Um, that's kind of taking that step by step and how you say it's simple. And I, we always tell people too, it's like nutrition is simple. If you break it down, I mean, everyone wants to have the fat or like, Oh, it's Atkins. It's keto. It's whatever. This is the magic pill. And it's like, you know, I always tell people, okay, before we even go there, like get rid of the processed foods eat real foods and see what happens. And just because it's simple doesn't mean it's easy to do in our society. And that's what we forget about. And so, yes, it's very simple. And sometimes to do simple things, we need someone that has our back, a coach, a focus, accountability. you know, then it's my job to give them the necessary tools to make that possible. Right. Cooking tips, you know, how to navigate labels and all these crazy branding at the grocery store and you know how to Mm -hmm. see past that and just really setting them setting them up for success so they can thrive one of my questions actually is is about a more specific diet because this is the one that i've seen and people have asked me about the most in the past i would say year which is the keto diet people have i see people posting on on facebook people ask me about it all the time is it really all that, you know, is my, is it really what my body actually wants? Because it's closer to the ancestral thing, which is a whole nother thing that I would love to tackle because one of my, um, one of my degrees is in, uh, biological anthropology. And I love to talk about the whole paleo keto, how our ancestors ate things. It's really interesting, but no time for that right now. Um, but my question is about that. What do you think about that? How, you know, do people come to you and ask you about that one specifically? Because that seems to be kind of the big it's trendy, right? Trendy it's one. like exactly. you see it on Facebook, you see documentaries about it. I mean, yeah, so keto is high fat, low carbohydrate diet, mm-hmm. which essentially, if you look back on it, is similar to Atkins and low mm-hmm. carb. And really, you know, a lot of these things mm-hmm. come back in different forms. Right. Um, so what a keto diet is supposed to do is instead of use, utilizing glucose for energy, um, by lowering the amount of carbs you're eating, you're therefore using the ketones as mm-hmm. energy, you know, your fuel, which supposedly turns you into a fat burning machine. Right. Supposed um, to put you in ketosis, which, mm-hmm. which actually is harder to do. Than yeah. You think. Uh-huh. And it's yeah. also probably not the way that our body is happiest existing. The idea, well, you know, but, say you, you know. do, this is the thing. So people go on keto and they like drop 20 pounds, you know, whatever. Wow. This is great results. And I get to eat cheese and bacon all the time. Bacon and butter and all the things. Right. But then, you know, my biggest point is I always go back to, is this sustainable? Is this something that you can sustain for the long term? Because as soon as you introduce a little bit more carbohydrate content back into your diet, you're going to probably gain some weight because your body is fluctuating. Right. So overall, you know, you need to eat in a way that's going to maximize your metabolism over the course of time. Mm -hmm. And that's going to even itself out over the course of time without this constant fluctuation, which is why people see that diet the yo-yo effect. Gain right. it all back. Mm-hmm. And with Cycle. The, with the keto diet, too, is it's, it's, it's teaching your body to earn fat as fuel. But we have to remember, too, is that, like, what I see a lot of times is a huge performance drop. Because your body needs carbohydrate to work out hard. And, you know, most people, I think, these days, hopefully, understand that, you know, cardiovascularly intensive workout is good. You know, we want to get our heart rate up. We want to sweat. We want to do that. Um, and so if we 
deprive your body of all carbohydrates and you don't have that, your performance is going to dip. Because if you don't have carbohydrate stores in your muscles, you're not going to be able to perform at the same level that you would if you did. So it's the so, same reason you feel sluggish, you know, after like if you eat and not, not to say that there aren't obviously healthy fats that should be included in your, in your diet. But like if I ate, for instance, like, I don't know, a whole lot, what's a, like a higher fat thing. Like if I had like a whole bunch of almond butter, like I love almond butter. <laughs> if I went, you know, ham on a, on a jar of it and then I went for a walk or a run, it's not that almond butter or the fat in almond butter is bad for me, but I would feel sluggish because my body actually has to focus a lot of energy on digesting that and turning it into usable fuel rather than if I eat like a banana, which is carbohydrates. It is a whole food, right? It's a whole fruit that's actually going to provide these things. And so, you know, when your body has to focus so much energy and digestive energy and all sorts of things on just processing these very heavy protein, heavy fat, heavy things, you're not going to have a lot of excess energy to be able to kind of Right, and don't get me wrong, Do I don't stuff. necessarily eat a high-carbohydrate diet in any means. I'm like, you know, Amanda was saying, a lot of, you know, fruits and, you know, refined grains, and it's, you know, those... Whole grains? Whole grains. Refined Not grains. refined grains? No. Non-refined <laughs> grains, sorry. Whole grains. Um, but, you know, actually, yeah, not even that many, but I eat oats and quinoa um, and a little bit of rice here and there. Um, yeah, I eat a good amount of healthy carbs, I would say. Yeah, and carbs. I think... It makes me feel good, makes yeah. me feel strong. Totally, but um, if you're if you're getting those processed foods out of your diet, you'll be surprised at how low you can drop those. That'll drop way down. And so, you know, having enough carbs in your system to really perform, but also you know having the healthier fats and getting calories from those more sustainable sources is really going to help. You know, maybe you get lose weight or achieve the ideal body form, which I don't think is necessarily should be the number one focus anyway. But it also help your performance. So mm-hmm. I just yeah. think it's so interesting to see that one around because I've never seen. I mean, I guess I wasn't really um, aware enough during the initial Atkins phase, but I love the diet where I see people sharing recipes for like, like bagels made out of cheese. And I'm like, <laughs> I mean, that sounds amazing. Don't get me wrong. But it doesn't sound like something that could maybe be very good for you in the yeah. long run. Or make you feel good. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm going to eat this cheese bagel and go tackle my day. Right. Yeah. You know, Again, maybe. Young, but. But. Yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> yeah. So do you look at macronutrient rate ratios or it's like, you know, obviously I think that most people listening to our podcast hopefully would understand that, you know, you, you want a good, you know, you want some carbohydrate, you want some from good sources, you want good fat, healthy fats, um, you know, and, you know, those different macronutrient ratios. Um, is there, do you like try to look at like a plate size? Do you get, you know, percentages? Yeah. A plate is a great way to visualize how much of each you should be eating. Right. And again, like whether the person is eating meat or not eating meat, like it all kind of depends. Um, but yeah, breaking down a plate is a really great way to teach macronutrient control to clients. And I don't want to use control in like a bad way, but Mm -hmm. just portioning in a way. Yeah. Making sure like, you know, I would say 70% of your plate, fibrous vegetables and greens, Mm -hmm. you know, and then, you know, 30% protein, whatever the breakdown is and yeah, healthy fats on the side. Like it's, Again, I like to think of a kid's plate, you know, like yeah. how yeah. you would pack a little a divided kid. Yeah, like, like, a, like a bento box. Yes. That's yeah. what I do in our in our simple 30 guide. I made it a bento box. We need adult bento boxes. Yes. It, I think that's well, a great it's, idea. It's, it makes a lot of sense. It's really helpful to visualize Maybe that's that. a billion dollar idea. Because I do it with Sloan and she has her plates and when I don't give her a normal plate, she's like, the strawberries are touching (laughs) the sweet potatoes. It's like, you'll survive. (laughs) For those of you who don't know, Sloan is Kyle's daughter. Yes. Three, three, almost four-year-old daughter. So she's... 
But yeah. she has like an event box, and it's like, what? That's it's it, awesome. It's, it's yeah. not a new yeah. idea, you know. It's been there, but I, I know I love it for a way to mm-hmm. visualize too, because it's, you know, I it comes back down, I think, to sustainability. And as someone who likes math, I still don't want to have to have my daily life involved in. Okay, how much have I had this many grams oh of protein goodness. today? Yeah. Have I had this? It's just, I mean. I have a wonderful life and, and I still feel like my life is too busy and has too much in it to try and put that in it too. I know. And in the counting of calories, that's something that I really try to stray my clients away from. Cause again, it's all about sustainability. Like, are you going to bring your scale to right. the, the restaurant? Right. No shame for people who restaurant. do that. But right. like, that's a thing, you know, yeah. like, are you going to live your life that way? Like what for are you missing out years. on? Yeah. You know? And if you are, for what? For right? what? if you have that brain that that just makes you feel comfortable and secure, great, but I would say probably 99.9% of people are not going to be happy. I mean, no, I won't. I mean, I know I would, I, let me just speak for myself here. Who knows how normal I am. Um, mm-hmm. I would not be able to live happily and comfortably and without numbers constantly swirling through my mind. If I had to think about how many calories are in every meal or how many ounces is this or how, you know, that's not to say I can't look at my jar of almond butter and look at my spoon and go, okay, I should probably have about two of these and sure, no more. Right. Yeah. That's something I can put in my brain. There's a place for it. Yeah. Right. I yeah. put it years ago and it's, it was almost like a learning tool. Cause if you don't ever Counting count calories. calories and you, yes. And you mm-hmm. don't ever know. And it wasn't like I was trying to like, Oh my God, I'm going to have, you know, 1600 calories a day. It was more so I was tracking my food intake to understand without changing my diet, how, how many much calories, you're consuming. Yes. Mm-hmm. And looking at how many I'm burning too. And that was when I was, you know, training a lot of hours a week, you know, 14 to 16 hours and, you know, even looking at maybe not eating enough or whatever it was, but it was a cool, interesting experiment, but I think I got to like three or four weeks of doing it and it's labor intensive and to have a good understanding of what it is. And like you said, I've just found over the years that it was a good experiment and it was a good understanding of now when I put something on my plate, I have a very good understanding of how many calories are in that. But then to be able to understand that and listen to yourself. And the thing I talk to people is, is, you know, I remember back when I was years ago, when I was doing Ironman training is, you know, there was a couple really, really big days, not often, but a couple right before and we just spend eight or nine hours working out a day. And that sounds crazy, but when you're doing an Ironman, if you're going to be prepared, that's what you need to do to be prepared. It's crazy. It's crazy. I'm not going to say <laughs> that. But, put that out there. But, but I was, but I, I want to be prepared. And so, right. That day, there's no possible way that you can consume enough calories for the amount you're burning. Sure. And I would always find almost that even the next day, um, I was not necessarily as hungry. I tried to eat and make sure I had good balance, but I was not as hungry. The two days later, I was just ravenous. And I just, that's what my body needed and it was needed to recover. And that was the day. And so it was just like, you know, you've been in a calorie deficit and your body's telling you, you calories, eat them that day. And it's not like, oh, I burned this many calories today. I need to replace them this day necessarily. And your body's very, very good at regulating it. Mm-hmm. Sounds intuitive, almost. <laughs> Go huh. figure. Huh. Huh. Using the tool and then <laughs> listening to your butt at the same yes. time. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so do, I, I'm a little curious. I know we touched on, um, you know, purely nourished and stuff, but um, do you, was most of your work with individuals? Do you work with groups or like, let us know about like, you know, what it is and how, how that works. Just yeah. So, um, my favorite way to work with clients is probably one-on-one just because I love building a relationship with people. And mm-hmm. normally we work together for about six months that allows like the course of time and stuff that happens, birthdays life events, Mm -hmm. you know, it's nothing stagnant. So So you're saying you can't get all your goals in a month. 
You know, <laughs> you can't. You can see progress. I think that's really but, important. Yeah, you know, and so develop, developing a relationship with people and working one-on-one is amazing. Um, workshops is another part of my business. Um, doing cool. fun little topics like... Uh, I think I mentioned this earlier, how to navigate the grocery store and how to, you know, make the grocery store more. Yeah. I love it. Farmers markets. It's not, I mean, it seems simple, like you should know what to do, but there's a lot of like little nuances of things you can, you know, areas of like, oh, pick up this, pick up this, pick up this. Then when you're hungry, you've got, you know, X, Y, and Z. So it takes some practice and some know-how to do that. And there's things, even at Trader Joe's, which is obviously much better than going to one of the large chain store. Well, it's a chain, but you know what I mean? One of the large grocery mm-hmm. stores. Trader Joe's is definitely not just in Santa Barbara. I, I know. know that. <laughs> but what it I mean is, is, is going to a Trader Joe's or a, you're even, welcome. Trader versus Joe's. Right. Like bonds. Even at Trader Joe's, you know, they want to make everything look like a healthy choice, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of traps there too. And they do on average have better they higher do. quality things than a especially their store. package stuff overall yeah. tends mm-hmm. to be a little bit better. Yeah. And then, well, luckily they are committing to getting rid of a lot of their packaging too. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing about packaged food i mean if you obviously take it outside yourself a little bit and think about the environmental totally. impact of packaged food it's huge over over the population so you know being able to take that smaller step you're not just hopefully helping yourself but you are having a little hand and making the environment a little happier too yeah. so, so yeah so i just want to touch on this going back to you so someone comes to you and says hey i i want some guidance i want some coaching um, you know, let's start out, you know, you would obviously, I'm, I'm assuming you don't require them to, but you would say kind of like, this is kind of like a six month type project. That'd be the yeah. idea. I normally offer a three month and a six month right. package for the one-on-one. I always push towards a six month just because like I said, stuff happens over right. that time. Mm-hmm. I can be there accountability all the way. Um, we always start with like a 30 minute, health history introduction where we chat and like establish a baseline goals and then we get started right. with the program. And I assume you can see some decent results in three months, but it's really that six month mark of probably making those like real changes that are yeah. going to be lasting. And a lot of times people hit the three month mark and they're like, Oh my gosh, I'm just getting started. Like yeah. I've arrived, like here I am. And yeah. so we normally continue. I think, I think that's good <laughs> right. to keep in mind. Yeah. I, I think it's like that in fitness too, or yoga or anything else. It's like, yeah, you can have fun in a week or two. Yeah, you can see some improvements in a month, but if you really want to see the real improvements, it takes three months. And if you really want to make a life change, it's probably more like that. Well, Twenty-one days, mark. right, to establish a habit, Dude. a new change. I actually, you know, I read in the the um, my daily skim this morning that it's more like sixty-six days. Oh, okay. I know. I thought it was like twenty-one. Too. I mean, who knows? It's it's different, probably for everybody, but somewhere around that, you know. That's not quite three months. It's a little over a couple months, you know. It's, mm-hmm. but I think we've definitely seen some people in our because ours is a thirty day challenge, and we definitely see people who are like, yeah, you know, I started doing this, and I've been doing it every day for twenty, you know, twenty one, twenty five days, and yeah, I can stick with this. I can do this. So, you know, it's I don't think there's a magic number of days, but you know, definitely getting yourself started in that kind of month or so and then actually seeing okay does this because in that month i mean maybe you have a month where you're like oh there are no birthdays there are no this is a great month for me to change my life right and then the next month is like oh gosh it's going to be spring break and there's going to be a holiday it's my anniversary i mean all these things could change right Right. and we never try to sell that program as is like you're going to be totally transformed in 30 days and that's the end of it it's like it takes 30 days to make a habit and i always tell everyone is like my like what warms my heart is that like I learned so much in the 30 days and you hear that we hear this a lot and I'm just continuing on mm-hmm. and I have all heart. the tools that, yeah, no, it warms my heart and I'm, I, I have the tools now I'm continuing on. I'm going to keep going with it. I'm seeing results and it's sustainable. And that's the best thing to me is to see that because it's like, 
the 30 day program is like we say is, is that it's 30 days to committed and focused, but really it's just the beginning. It's to change your habits. It's to get you focused. It's to understand that you can see some results and then really, you know, just get the knowledge and know how to move forward. But yeah. yeah. Okay. So I think one more thing that I really want to touch on, um, which is big, um, what on supplements, nutritional products and bars, and kind of, I have my own thoughts too on this, but, um, you've done a lot more, but he wants to hear <laughs> done a lot more research and it has a lot more education than I do. So especially those glittery ones that they show on Instagram. Oh, have my you goodness. seen those? Yeah. They're, they're like, like in your information. Show, I don't even, yeah. It's they like give, a, they send it with your name on the label. Yeah. yeah oh, it's like specifically for you. Yeah. yeah. It's Chinese and herbs. And it's mm-hmm. like, ground up, but like, but they have glitter down in Cerritos, you know, Chinese herbs. Who doesn't want to take glitter? I'll make you sparkle. So I want to yeah. know, I mean, first of all, um, let's, this is a huge topic and we could spend mm-hmm. an entire show on this. Um, more, but more. let's talk about just general supplements, not like I'm taking this brand or this brand. What do you take or what would you recommend that or what let's are your say man or them? female male takes? Yeah. yeah. Um, so just like background, I'm not like super educated in the wor- world of supplements. Like okay. that is something that. I'm definitely interested in learning a little bit more about. I don't tell my clients to take anything. Something that I I don't take anything myself right now. I've gone through bouts. I've taken like vitamin D3 and B12 and oh gosh, for a while I was taking stuff um, to like regulate my hormones and I've always just strayed away from it to be right. honest with you at the very end. Um, if that is something that you're interested, I highly suggest going to get a blood work panel done right. and just seeing if you're deficient in right. Because my a lot of people yeah. aren't. You yeah. know, like there's so many people spending tons and tons of money right. on these things. And, you know, similarly to big pharma, like supplements industry are making money off oh, of people being uneducated on and what they, on what they need not even fda approved too they yeah. don't have to go through the fda like medicines do so it's one of the, i mean that's not to say that all supplements are bad and definitely not yeah, saying that yeah. at all and again i'm i would agree with you i'm not terribly educated mm-hmm. on it so i would want to do a lot more research if i were trying to sure. answer a specific question but it is it is an industry to sell that's something to right. remember about all of this they're trying to sell that's you these something. things and i yeah. what i was you know see and tell people is that with supplements is is that First of all, it's like you said is the biggest thing is like, do you have the deficiency? Do you need to be taking even a multivitamin? And if your doctor is going to tell you you have a deficiency, you need to take something. I'm not going to go against that, obviously. Totally. Um, but every time I have a blood panel, there's it shows that all my levels are fine and everything. And there's no reason to take a supplement. Well, hoity-toity for you. Well, it's just me. But I think that part of the reason is that it wasn't always that way if you look back at my blood plans. And if you have eat nutrient-dense food, meaning you eat a lot of leafy greens, mm-hmm. fruits, vegetables, you're getting all those things you need. Now, for someone who maybe doesn't have as good a diet, their doctors might be recommending that they take a vitamin. But, I mean, I think that the whole plant-based nutrition thing is always better than taking a pill form. And there's a lot of research to show that even though you're taking X amount of milligrams you're not necessarily absorbing it at all. And you're, yeah. you're taking in a lot better from a natural source Absolutely. than you are there. I mean, in its natural source, it's combined with the things that you need to, to digest it. You know, I mean, food right. really is medicine at the end of the day. Like, I will say supplements um, with, like, protein and stuff like that. Like, I do supplement with protein. My favorite right now is collagen peptides. I don't know if you've I've heard, heard of it. Vital yeah, Proteins yeah, yeah, yeah. is mm-hmm. the brand that I so use. So is that, like, a powder? Protein it's powder? It's a powder, yeah. I haven't had um, it. 
Battle Proteins is a great brand. Yeah, it's been recommended by a couple people. Super clean. So collagen derived from either bovine hides, Mm -hmm. or I believe they derive it from marine sources too, for those who don't want to eat any sort of like bovine products. Yeah, I've seen a couple that are Mm -hmm. plant derived as well from that. Because I'm I'm vegetarian, so I was looking, and I'm... You know, it's funny. People always ask me, do you get enough protein? And the answer is like, from food, the normal food? Yeah, I yes. normally do. I don't worry about it all that often. I think I would see if I had a protein deficiency. But um, there are times when I'm like, you know, I'm going to have like a totally plant or fruit like smoothie in the morning. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to need a little bit more than just this banana, you know, yeah. strawberry and spinach jammy through the day. I'm going to throw in a couple scoops of mm-hmm. something. Um, so I've looked at the... Yeah. What else? What else do you like for, I mean, we recommend Vega. I mean, you think that's... I like Vega. Vega sometimes has some added stuff in it. I'm okay. not crazy about the taste of Vega. One that I love, but also not a vegetarian source, is um, Paleo Pro is a really nice okay. one. Really good flavor. It's really simple. I think it just has protein from eggs, potentially one other source, and a little stevia okay. to sweeten. Um, a lot of times, like all the whey-based ones mm-hmm. or, yeah, icky, and they'll pump it even with sugar a lot of the time. So you really just got to look at the ingredients and see where the protein is coming from. Right. What are, yeah, what are some of the things to like, I'm sure you could, like you said, you do a whole um, workshop on this, but what were kind of the things, maybe even just in protein supplements that you would look for on labels to stay away from? Like what are kind of some of the keywords or things on there? Um, sugars is one, definitely. Mm-hmm. You know, we get enough added sugar in our day and a clean protein source without it is definitely a, an a plus. Awesome plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything that you can't pronounce, I always, if you're unsure of something, I'm like a Google queen. I will Google things all the time. Good and, call. I mean, we yeah, have it at our fingertips. You might right? as well use it. Yeah. And if it's questionable, it's like, well, where is this? Can I find something without this? Like, is this needed? Is it added just for, you know, a, a production purpose? Or is it something that's going to benefit me? Yeah, production mm-hmm. purpose or so that it's sweetened or so exactly. that you want to eat more of it or whatever yeah. else. Yeah, yeah. Reserved or mm-hmm. yeah. And I think there's a place for them, too, but I always tell people, too. It's like you don't – like, if you can get proteins from, like, natural sources, like, you know – that's you know the best way to do it but like you said you're making a shake in the morning and you're busy and it's the easiest way to drink on the way to work and you're throwing so many nets and i'm all about that but totally it's trying to find that so that's um, just like the number one macronutrient i guess people ask me about all the time am i getting protein and they ask me about it too because like i said i'm vegetarian so it's always like well how do you get your protein aren't you worried about it i'm like i've been a vegetarian for over 13 years and so far i haven't fallen apart chances that you're Chances that are you're you know not getting enough protein, especially on a general Western diet, are so, it's almost ridiculous. Yeah. Like you're yeah. pretty much gonna even if you're a vegetarian and vegan, unless you're a carbitarian or whatever, and you're only eating. Oh, a bread and cheese vegetarian. Vegetarian. <laughs> oh, I was that for a long time. Fast food. Vegetarian. Oh. I was a bread and cheese vegetarian for about the first seven years. Fair enough. Maybe eight years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. What about bars? Use sparingly. What are your favorite ones? What's Ooh, what are my favorite bars? Um, I love Lara bars. Me too. That's, That's so good. Pretty much Again, yeah, like the only minimal ones I ingredients is yep. the best. It's like three or four. It's yeah. awesome. The um, the perfect bars are also really good. Yep, those are good too. They, uh, the peanut butter ones are like amazing. They have some dried milk powder. Sometimes they upset my tummy. I was training for uh, an ultra marathon last year and that's what my food nutrition source was because obviously you're not trying to eat it's impossible to eat real foods when you're 
running 50 miles oh you didn't take like your salad with you (laughs) just put it in your bag and just chomp away (laughs) so that's what i ate in training it was fine until the race but um i had two an hour for uh, about nine hours so i had 18 lara bars bars during the race i hope you switched up the flavors and i did but (laughs) i once i was done with that race i couldn't touch them for about three or four months and now they're fine i don't have but like i just it was they worked great. They were good in my stomach. They gave me the energy I needed. They were real food. I wasn't putting a bunch of chemicals in my body, mm-hmm. but 18 in one day is just, whew. but it got me to the finish line, so it was good. Successful. Fully Successful. Free. Yes. Well, oh. do you think there's any other, you know, before we kind of wrap up here, any other closing statements you would like to add or anything else mm-hmm. that you, you know, because this is the open mic here for you. Open mic. Mm-hmm. I would just say, you know, it's, it's hard to make the decision to take responsibility for your health and it's okay to ask for help and just start to like do your research, you know, with all the, the fads and, you know, with Facebook and everything that's, we're constantly consuming, you know, and being bombarded, just start to get curious and do a little research, play around with different ways of eating and start to listen to your body and see what's working and what's not. Just yeah. keep keep experimenting because it's, it's always going to change. It's always going to change, and it's good. But I, I really like that. So the first thing is like take a responsibility for not happy with you know where your health is at. Decide you're going to make a change, and then like you said, do some research. Is at our fingertips everywhere, and I know it can be overwhelming, and that's sure. also why we're here. Rise up, yeah, why Amanda's here. Yeah, um, that's why you ask for help. I mean, I think that's it can be almost like people feel like they should be embarrassed when they're you know however old you are, and you're like I don't really know how to navigate the grocery store. I don't really know, am I eating enough or how should I eat? It's okay to not know. I mean, right. how much it's something that you is need to be out there about. and how much people are throwing at you and how much the, I mean, in your lifespan, if you're 35 years old or 45 years old, you've probably seen 15 fad diets come and go. How <laughs> well, the like, heck are you supposed to know? Like, it's okay to not know and it's okay to ask for help to learn. I mean, absolutely. what I always tell people is, were you educated in this? And most people decide there is absolutely not. And it's like, okay, well, you've just been marketed to your whole life, basically. Mm-hmm. And then say, like, okay, if you want to invest some money or save for retirement, what do you do? Most people talk to a financial advisor, right? Are you expected to know everything about that? No, you go to a professional who that's their job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so there's, you know, worries and, you know, on different levels. And a lot of people reach out to us and use us at Rise Up and do Simple 30 and have a team and have that accountability. And we've had, um, you know, our members and people here actually reach out to Amanda who want you know, that little bit of extra help, that one-on-one, you know, personal coaching, you know, day and in, day out. And they were extremely happy, by the extremely way. Extremely happy, yeah, the, the clients <laughs> that we have going to. So, you know, it's it's obviously, you know, it's a little more t- labor-intensive and resource-intensive if you need to go do some one-on-one coaching, but it's your health. And mm-hmm. when you look at how much you're paying in medical bills, it becomes affordable very quickly as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so. so anyway, this... um was Amanda Fit, who is yes. the founder of Purely Nourished, um, which is her health coaching business. Um, again, your website is www.purelynourishednutrition.com. And you can find her on Instagram as well at purely underscore nourished. Um, so, you can also, yeah, take her class at Power of Your Yoga. She's yeah. fabulous. If you want um, her contact info, you can also talk to us if you already come to Rise Up and you want to chat to her a little bit. Um, she's fantastic and amazing, and thank you so much yeah, for coming. Thank you guys for chatting in class here and for having knowing, me. Yeah. Oh yeah, she does come to rise up. Yeah. I need to get my butt. She kicks back <laughs> in. 
<laughs> Great. Well, thank you so much, Amanda. And like we said, um, listeners, reach out to her if you need that extra help. So thank you. Yeah. Um, this is our, this, you've been, you've been listening to the Rise Up Fitness Podcast, <laughs> who is now back in business. Uh, hopefully the sound mixing sounds good. Again, if you don't like it, blame Kyle yep. and we will talk to you guys soon. Yeah. Thank you.